Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the 6 Podcast. I'm your host, Walker. Join with me. What up, Jordan? We the champions. Trey, how's it going? And we got some uh, guest stars this time. We're in op territory. Doesn't look like Trey and I's place. We're in uh, good old Starkville, Mississippi, and we're joined by uh, some guest pickers. Introduce- That's right. Yeah, live from Stark, Vegas, Mississippi, uh, Ben Crumby. I'm Cole Bingham. The ones and forward to, uh, Yeah, looking forward to chatting about this here today. Well, let me ask you guys this first. Favorite Mississippi State memory? I'll go with football since I know uh, baseball championship is probably the answer. So I'll just stick with football. There you go. Yeah, that's a, no, that's a good question right there. So um, favorite football memory? I mean, the easy, the low-hanging fruit, the answer that everybody wants to hear is Auburn 2014. Um you know, kind of the, you know, really the everywhere everything came together for that, uh, for our rise to number one that year. Um, yes. Are you going to say the 3-2 game? game. And they, that's simply probably my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably a close second to being in Athens in 2017. But, um, hey, um, that was a butt whipping for sure. That was, but no, my favorite personal Mississippi state memory was probably, and, and although there will be, you know, it's probably 2017 freshman year of college. Um, or it was, uh, the was September the 14th against, uh, against or September 16th against LSU um, week three that year. Uh, they came in, I think, ranked number 13 in the country at the time. Uh, we were still on the, the come up that year. Nick Fitzgerald, uh, year two as a starter, hitting his stride, and uh, we beat LSU 37-7. to Darius Geis was supposed to be a Heisman contender at the time. I think we're limited to, you know, 60 to 80. I don't know. It doesn't even matter how many he ran for because we – we uh we absolutely drug him. So that that day, just being a freshman in college, um, getting the win that day, that was probably my favorite personal memory. Mine's kind of an oddball. Um, so I, you know, I grew up in Arkansas, and I went to Fayetteville in 2015, my first state game ever. I didn't grow up a Mississippi State fan, not really in Arkansas either. And um, I went to the game, and it was really cold this time of year, really. And uh, Arkansas had just beaten Ole Miss on like the fourth and 23, the flip back pass. I got the first yeah, yeah. And that game was just a complete, like, Big 12 kind of just shootout. And it was one of the most fun games. And Dak just tore them up. And uh, that was probably one of, like, my first, like, state. Like, this is the first game. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Fred Ross catch. Fred Ross had Fred a Ross crazy one-handed catch. Nick was Brown block field goal. Yeah, that was just a great game. So, Robert. kind of an odd ball, though. I like great that. One. I like that at the time, at the time, it was the – that was six total touchdowns. Dak Prescott, that was a – yeah, that was a school record at the time for a single game total touchdowns. That was – I do remember that one too. Okay, I love it. I love and the pride it. of Arkansas right here too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll commend you. I'll commend you from being able to uh, pull these dates out of nowhere. That that was kind of crazy. You're like week three. It was September 16th, and I'm like, okay, I can't do that. 3:09 p.m. Central time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, uh, I was yeah. As a Mississippi State fan, you get few and far between special special moments. So they get pretty fortified in your mind when they occur. have the dates marked on the calendar that's you know right, yeah, you're like it's right. the seven year anniversary that's right yeah that's I right it. i love it i love it i love it well i guess we'll just go straight in i mean our whole podcast last time was about how much we hate tennessee 
Crumby, I know you boys uh, definitely watched that game. Just what are the thoughts on it? Just everything that you're thinking during the game, before the game, after the game. Walker, you start things off because I haven't really, I haven't really talked to you about the game. We haven't really had a good laugh about it as we are, we're planning on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it was complete domination, and the part that I loved the most about it was that the whole nation was watching this game too. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, just like just have more views than like the World Series that night. Thirteen point one million views, I think, was the stat. But I think. Remember, we were talking about it in the last episode, and I was like, the stakes are so high, especially because, like, if we were to have lost that game, right, it just the fact that it was at home and, you know, after after uh, Coach Dooley's passing and all this, and, you know, the people think we're overrated anyway. They say that all the time. And I don't know. It just It just would have been bad. So at the same time, it was very nice to see it flipped. And then obviously, oh gosh, I mean, like I said, because everyone was watching it, uh, Twitter was going crazy. Like the memes were hilarious. I was having a great time. It was a great night. Shrey, I agree. I mean, we dominated them from every aspect of it. I mean, they got the first turnover. They got the first turnover. Turnover. We're down three nothing. You're a little scared. Then he throws that. Stetson throws that bomb to Arian, and then after that, we just started pouring it on them after that punt. That that really changed the game. By the way, the goat punt. By the, the way, punt, I, I think, yeah, that was the best. That was one of the best punts I've ever that, seen. That like I, that like flipped the game. Honestly, that was that was one of the best punts I've ever seen, hands down. Yeah, seventy-two yarder on that was seventy-two. It's not, yeah. like, it's not even like the return guy like got it or whatever. It literally went right out in the like in the corner at the one. That was insane. Yeah, I just another thing about the game too, though, which I guess we'll probably talk about in a second is, I mean, what we went up. Georgia went up 24-6-ish at the half, and that's, like, right when it started raining. And seriously, like, uh, Kirby started 2 o'clock, essentially, the rest oh, of the game. Oh, we wasted, like, the whole third quarter. Yeah. He oh, wasted God. the whole rest of the game. He was like, it's over. Time to just kill it, which was just crazy to me. I'm like, we could have put 40 on him. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. And the other the other thing was that the Tennessee fans are complaining about the rain. They're like, oh, we need to play neutral site when it's not raining. Completely different ball game. And I was like, yeah, no. I, I, think, I think it actually worked out for them that it didn't rain. Well, that's what I, I was like. The rain's affecting us, too. Like, we just started running the ball. They're, they're idiots. They just suck at everything. <laughs> I mean, to be completely honest. What what about the Mississippi State uh point of view over here from the game? What yep. do you guys, what are you guys thinking? I know Crumby's like half a a dog. He's a full dog. He's just I'm a full I'm a full Georgia. Mississippi State dog. I do I do hold a degree from the University of Georgia as well, and all due respect, I do. But um, I'm a full Mississippi State dog. Full disclosure. But uh, I think the biggest takeaway <laughs> for me yeah. was the impact, the instant impact Jalen Carter had on you know upon return that was I mean he just did up front because it was a trickle down effect I think a lot of people and of course Nolan Smith is you know arguably was the leader of that defense and I think was throughout the the first half through on um in the season but uh but Jalen Carter is probably if not the most underrated you know player in the country one of them and that's crazy to say but it's just yeah, at least yeah, I agree. he's probably one of the most talented guys out there and I like think he should, he should be getting as much clout as like Will Anderson and everything right. in that play I mean it, it boils down to plays like he made where it should have been a safety that was a terrible call it, it didn't matter 
the lad touchdown was restitution for that. But um, yeah. but I think that was kind of my first thought on it. And then, you know, from there, it, it was, you know, Stetson played uh, played a very clean, very decisive game. He's, you know, he was he was confident. He was poised, hit his throws downfield. Um, you know, like you said, you had the big play, Arian Smith. That was a great call. Um, I think Kenny had the next one downfield, uh, you know, broke away. And, uh, yeah, they dialed him up perfectly. And, I mean, you got guys, you know, Dejon didn't have the turnover up front. Full disclosure yeah. to the Six O podcast, Dejon Edwards. I'm a huge Dejon Edwards fan personally, but <laughs> um, but no, Dejon he, he does incredible vision. Does uh does a great job at picking his way through uh through uh through traffic. And um, I mean, no, it was domination. That score was in no way, shape, or form a reflection of how uh, how that game went. Um, you know, and 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 all together too. Uh, you know, I, we'll get into the Mississippi State part of it in a minute. But Bingham, you got any? Awesome. No, I I was uh I was tailgating. I did not watch, but a couple of the highlights. So we have the son of Tennessee too. So we have a special guest here. He's actually from Tennessee. They might want to make a quick comment about Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Please do. Any Tennessee time. slander is welcome. Tennessee is a great team, but Georgia. After that, man, Georgia put the smack down on them. Oh, put the smack down on them. But I mean. I still got to give it to Tennessee. They kind of just – I felt like they showed up, showed up out of nowhere, especially after Bama and uh, put, a good, put a good game to them. So. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> Tennessee right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There we go. <laughs> All right. I agree with everything. Kind of like everything that we said during the pod, like receivers stepped up. Stepped, I mean, the turnovers. We were saying the turnovers were a big part of the – yeah. of how the game was going to be decided because UGA, I mean, they didn't get much turnovers and they would always turn the ball over. Well, we said if we were down by like, what, one or two, we were probably going to lose when we tied it 2-2 in turnovers. Receiver stepped up, lads stepped up, defense went crazy. The Knox were the I, was, I was about to say, that's what that's what we haven't been yeah, talking that, about. that's now, the crazy that part. Our defense after losing, what, nine starters, something like that, five or six go in the first round. Mm-hmm. And they were locked down. That's reload again. That recruiting class, Kirby, has built up year after year at top three every year since 2017. It's made here's, a difference. Here's a guy that terrifies the absolute hell out of me because we've had trouble with those these type of guys all year because these are the type of guys is, is Malachi Starks. Guy yeah, is really a He's, I mean, he's, he's, he covers the entire field. He's athletic. He's strong. He's got good ball skills. Last week he got in the back towards the beginning of that game, if I remember correctly, he got in the backfield at least, you know, two several times. And and that's, uh, and that's something we mentioned too, because in the Florida game, you know, he had that bad read and the, he gives up the ninety yard touchdown. We said Tennessee was going to go after him, he and uh, up. He yeah, he up. stepped up. It's about guys like stepping up and everything. So yeah, he no, he was tackles. Yeah, he had those tackles last week. He came onto the scene. He burst it onto the scene that first week. That 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 oh, reception yeah. he made that was one of the most incredible plays from a first game true freshman I've ever seen and from then on it's just and the reason I say that it kind of leads into a point we'll make later is we have there's been a few instances this year LSU case in point guys like Jay Ward um athletic safety can stretch the field can play that nickel corner if he needs to um it's it's they've given us trouble so that's that's one of those kind of key components of the game we're going to be looking at is, is a guy like Malachi Starks yeah I agree. going back to that Starks pick I I just I distinctly remember it because I was in the stadium. It was on the far side of uh, the field from where I was looking. I was in like the opposite end zone, but I remember like the, the entire stadium almost like they didn't cheer right when it happened, because I don't think anyone thought he actually got that. 
No, I don't. He he stood up and started celebrating, and then everyone started cheering. But I don't know. It was kind of it was it was that crazy. It was a jaw dropper. Oh yeah, definitely. First game as a college athlete to make a play like that's impressive. Kids eighteen years old. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. All right, so I want to move on to this, which is interesting. Trey and I were talking about this at one point, but I say the Heisman basically comes down to if CJ Strode can beat if beats Michigan or not. So let's just say he loses against Michigan. Who's your Heisman Trophy winner? Just yeah. a prediction. If I told you Ohio State loses to Michigan, that's all I'm telling you. Who are you? Who are you gonna say? I'm. I'm gonna go first. Which is what I'm saying. Bo next. I Everyone go. I want to hear everyone's pick. I was also gonna. I I, I hate like it, if you would if you would ask me this question months ago, and this was my answer to my past. You asked me a month I would, ago. I would slap myself, but I'm kind of like, yeah, it's probably Bo Nix. He's yeah, he's been unreal. Yeah. I would say so. It comes down to me. I think Stroud beats Michigan. Obviously, they he wins the Heisman because he's going to win the Big Ten championship because the other division is very bad in the Big Ten. Answer the question. But it's going to be Caleb Williams or Bo Nix. Whoever wins the Pac-12, probably, I think, will come down to those two teams. I think it'll be one of those two, whoever wins that game. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just crazy because this year seems so, like, not cut in front. And, I mean, honestly, like, watching Alabama play a couple times, Bryce may have, like be a better player this year, but he's had to. I agree. And I'm like, I'm not saying I don't really think he'll win. Uh, you know, to win back to back, you got to be crazy. But I honestly think it comes down to how CJ plays against Michigan or the Bo Nix, Caleb Williams kind of thing. But it's is crazy to think that Bryce Young's probably played his best year's probably been this year. I mean, they're not right. even. Uh, you know, they beat State. Whatever, that's a different it's, story. But they, it's it's a stats award. Yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. stats work. But I totally agree with you. Like, Bryce has probably been having to carry the team a lot more than he did last year and everything. Yeah. Oh, another opinion? Heisman, if it's not CJ Stroud? Yeah. Probably, probably Will Rogers if I had to give my best <laughs> No, And here's another one that, you know, if we're just talking here, and, I'll, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and act like, you know, I'm not going to – I feel like this is anything probable, but I do think Drake May deserves some kind of yeah, I agree recognition in this conversation. The man's numbers are very comparable between you know year yeah. over year, seven games versus seven games with with Joe Burrow. I mean, it's it's especially as a freshman, uh, what he's done is incredible. So him too, but I just don't think he's going to have that. You know how you know how the opportunity that you have to have yeah um, to really push yourself. Uh, you know, yeah. so that's I'm, I'm with Trey with it's either Bo Nix or Kel Williams. Kel Williams is really good, but it's just crazy to think about <laughs> Bo Nix how he gets from the SEC to the Pac-12 and can win a Heisman. Trophy. Yeah, he was an average quarterback at best <laughs> under at all. Well, we also got to give him, yeah, but we I also got to say you got to give him kind of uh, I'll give know, him kind of some credit for that system that he had to run at Auburn. And yeah, I'm not saying that he would have been a Heisman contender at Auburn because of obviously a enhanced competition field but they were you know Malzahn <laughs> runs a or he ran a certain type yeah, of offense yeah, I'm with you wasn't I'm conducive good. to those type of numbers yeah I was a Bo Nix guy freshman year I thought I was thinking I'm like this guy's gonna be pretty nice and didn't really improve off his freshman year to be honest well ironically enough I think that first time he burst onto the scene when that game in Arlington against Oregon 
that game when he touched down, he had yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a play made by Seth Williams. And I think he was getting yeah. a little bit too much credit for well, you know, the, the Iron Bowl, too. I feel like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that year, yeah. too, probably definitely because he looked pretty good that game, right? He threw a couple touchdowns, yeah, they, uh, they scored, yeah, they won, year, so yeah, definitely. So, I guess we can move on, um, to kind of college football playoff like rankings and everything. Any takeaways with those rankings? Anything that you thought was a little crazy? I feel like it's not as much drama as it was uh, last week, but also kind of like playoff predictions of what you think is going to like happen. Um, what you got this top four is? Yeah, I mean, I I think things are starting to fall into place. Like I said last week, I or whatever our last pod, I was like, I'm I'm not worried. Like it it is what it is. You know, the currently what they have Ohio State and Michigan in, and I'm like, well, they got to play each other. So, I mean, well, Walker, just, any any shot yeah. that both of them are in, eh, maybe if they have a really close game and they keep murdering people, maybe I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I have a feeling it's one gonna thing be that's a holding Michigan choice. back is that out, out of conference schedule. Do what? The one thing holding Michigan back is that out of conference schedule. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with them. I, I I do think it's gonna come down to I think there might be like five-ish one loss teams. And you know, there's only gonna be like two spots available or for for those teams. So right. it'll be very interesting. Yeah. See who they choose. I my biggest takeaway, especially after this week, is I think the committee is slowly but surely setting themselves up to validate USC at four once they, you know, if, if not once, because they do have to go through. I mean, I'm not saying that Notre Dame's not going to be a cakewalk either. No, but, you got UCLA but, too. Yeah. Once, but if USC is, you know, it, it's, if there's a, if there's a decision to be made between a USC and a Tennessee or a USC and the, TCU or whoever it may be. I think we're starting them at eight this week. I think that's we're starting to see that progression made. And that's you know, we were talking about the car earlier, you know. You know, I, where Utah are they at? Loss is the one point loss at Utah. Not right. a terrible loss. Not a terrible loss, but then also not a great win against Cal this last week. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's 470 total yards of offense Cal was able to generate on this. I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. What do you, um, just a random thought, uh, just kind of looking at the rankings. Um, if LSU wins out, I don't see how they don't get it, even though they're a two-loss team. I mean, if, if they have to play, I mean, it's probably going to be Georgia. It'll be interesting if it's, like, between them and Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think – Smacked them, but I don't know. LSU won the, won the conference. Yeah. I think they would put Tennessee in. I think you would have to. It was between those two. Yeah, I mean, it just depends. I mean, if they if they be, if they could beat Georgia, I mean, if that's who looks like, I mean, Georgia's number one, like pretty clearly yeah. right now. And if, if they, I don't know what you do. I mean, it could. That's why they need to expand it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I de- yeah. I definitely think they like to just in in general in all sports they like to when they do these rankings they like to do like not. What am I trying to say? What have you done for me recently? It's like, how good are these teams right now? Yeah. So it makes me think a team like LSU that like, you know, they dropped what too early mm-hmm. or, and now they're, now they're really starting to come together. And, with F- their new and, F- and they got, they got FSU ranked too, which helped them. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like I, I, I could see a case 
Yeah, like, especially if they were to beat Georgia in the SEC championship, I I really think they could sneak in. Mm-hmm. Oh I'm yeah, definitely not out of the question at all. Probably would that be the first two loss team to make it in? Yeah, yeah they would be. Yeah, but that, yeah, and the thing was, and and you know, talking about, <laughs> I think that this year, and this might just be a toe. This is just. Pulling this out of left field, but uh, I think this year, if any year or two, we are – I think there's the best chance for the next couple of years before we see the playoff expansion of the committee taking advantage of the opportunity to continue to put big market teams in. Because once we have – you know, I mean, granted, 12 is going to be – you know, it'll be there, but with the four-team situation um, – you know, we're not going. We don't have the automatic buy or the auto the uh, the auto bids right now, and I think you have the opportunity as the committee to uh, you know take a two loss conference champion over you know somebody else or whoever it might be because of the expansion opportunity down the road because they can take all the flack they want. And once we have the automatic conference champions um, coming into play here in a couple of years, then you know there's a fix. So. Yeah. I think we make we make as much money as we want to right now if I'm the committee and, and kind of move forward with that. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm looking at it from the Georgia perspective, I'd love to play. As good of a story as they are, TCU, I mean, I'd love to play TCU round one. <laughs> but I Everyone does. I wouldn't like – I wouldn't mind playing USC either. I mean, USC is the most skill position talent of any one-loss team, I would say. But I think at the same time, their defense and and a lot of scrimmage, they're, they're pretty weak. Yeah, we'll fuck them up. So I, I yeah, think I, I, the committee wants USC to beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championships. They don't have to have the Oregon-Tennessee-Michigan debate. But, like, if Oregon – the Oregon's, from their perspective, that for, this, the fact that the score was 49-3 to is just going to hold them back. I yeah, think. I was, I was going to ask that. What do you guys think about, like, how much is that UGA game going to hold Oregon back? I don't think they seem to care too much. They had them what? Yeah, they, they got them right six. That's, what, I, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. They didn't seem to care too much. But no. what about if it comes down to them or Tennessee or Michigan? That ten, well, that Tennessee game almost helps Oregon to an extent, but it, yeah. not not like in the – I mean, well, if it comes down to them or Tennessee, I think I go back to my point earlier. Like, if they're a conference champion in the Pac-12, Tennessee is a one loss just to Georgia. Mm-hmm. They have a win against Bama. They have a win against LSU, who's going to play for the West. They'll yeah. Go with yeah, yeah. But then it goes like, what if if it, after those three teams, we're just assuming all the favorites win. If who would go between uh, Tennessee and Michigan? If Michigan, let's say Michigan loses to Ohio State, I think it depends or something by seven. I think they might put Michigan in low key. Mississippi State. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rogers Heisman winner. <laughs> All hell. <laughs> I, do, I do think, though, that um, I don't want to talk too much about Michigan, but I definitely think I, I think this Michigan team is a little better than we give them credit for. And I think I think they're better than they were last I year. Pretty, I think they're pretty good. I, they're definitely, I mean, they're pretty, I mean, the we'll see it against Ohio State. That's just going to answer all our questions right there to see if they're how for real they are. But. I think they're pretty nice too. I agree. I think they're better than last. Dude, they, they've been running the ball like crazy. But then yeah. they, kind of, they kind of play. Like, dude. No well, J- yeah, JJ's been JJ McCarthy took a considerable step up too, and they the only area in which they're probably I, I'd probably every other position unit aside from the defensive line is yeah I think it's better, and I think that was one of their calling cards last year. So everybody's using that as a benchmark, but uh, but yeah, no Blake Corum is 
also probably one of the best players in the country, best backs in the country. I like him a lot. Well, I guess we'll just uh, slide off to some uh, some picks, some game picks. Uh, so we'll do it by the spread. If you got if you got the underdog straight up, let us know. We'll start off with uh, LSU at Arkansas after that big win against Alabama. Little letdown spot. What are we thinking, Trey? Oh, uh, I understand the letdown perspective. I think minus four, minus four. The so the spread's gone from two and a half to four since the opening. I think uh, LSU is obviously much more talented than Arkansas. Arkansas being at home helps them, but at the same time, they just lost to Liberty at home. And LSU is streaking right now, so I would take LSU money line and spread on that. Ooh, Walker? Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think LSU's rolling. And what happened to Arky, by the way? <laughs> I, I think, the, I think that... Jefferson was hurt the last game, right? If anybody can back me up on that. He was well, just... hasn't been hurt every game. They're just not looking good this year. Yeah, they're not that good. I feel like we all had high hopes for them. They were, they were, uh, they were on an upward trajectory. I can't talk trajectory yeah. the last year or two with Coach Pittman, and I, I don't know. I, I thought they were going to do something. Yeah, LSU, easy cover. I mean, I, yeah, I, once again, KJ's not healthy. Rocket Sanders is great back, but that's not, you know, I don't think that's necessarily going to be. They might beat him by 14. Yeah. yeah. I think it's 20. 20. I mean, Arkansas had two defensive uh, players, starters, get arrested this week. They're not playing. Um, KJ, who knows about him? Um, that game, you know, Arkansas, ever since pretty much they played A&M, it's just been a spiral downhill. And I don't really think. Um, people respected how much Traylon Burks helped them last year. Uh-huh. And um, they're just not what people thought they were going to be. Jay Nazel is not Traylon Burks. <laughs> no, he's not. Unless we, we give him about 30 yards of cushion. Yeah. You know, fun, fun fact, I saw Jaden Hazelwood. He visited Georgia. And I was like, yo, what's up? And he's like, hey, what's good? You know, have, one of my have, old have a good time. And then the next day, he decommitted from Georgia. So I blame myself. That, that's oh, like yeah. – but we it's got like my all-time favorite Georgia or Jordan downtown story. Jordan's literally going, Jaden, Jaden, oh my god! And then like literally decommitted the next day. It was hilarious. Yeah, but we got George. It was worth the sacrifice. Might have contributed to it. No, yeah, no I, 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 I full on think that like Jordan scared him. No, I'm, I'm a hundred percent. Yeah, I did. Like it, like Jordan, Jordan started this domino effect of a five star receiver. He's like, he's like, I don't want this kid sleeping under my bed or nothing like that. <laughs> If he would have committed to Georgia, it would have happened. I promise you that. Oh, yeah. But I'm with you guys. If KJ Jefferson was, like, healthy, if we knew how he would have been, I might pick Arkansas, but I'll stick with LSU. I agree. Uh, how about Navy-Notre Dame? Notre Dame just came off that big win against uh, Clemson. Absolutely just destroyed them. What's the spread? Um, Notre Dame minus 17. I think Crumby had this, had, uh, had this in his little uh, pick him week, so we can start it off with you. Navy covers. I mean, I think uh, you know. I think once again, it's it's a it's too big of a spread. I think Notre Dame wins, but uh, it is a unique offense. It's much different offense than they faced last week. Um, you're in a position where you're at Navy. You're coming off probably the the biggest. I mean, obviously, without a doubt, the better probably the biggest win in their programs had in a couple of years now. And um, you know, yeah, so it's a letdown spot against a triple option. I, I buy into the Navy covering, but once again, Notre Dame will win. Yeah, I think Notre Dame will win. It's just that offense takes so much time off the clock. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just hard to really 
blow out kind of a team like that. Yeah. Uh, Walker, are you there? There you are. What? <laughs> Sorry. I was feeding Tom. Notre Dame, maybe. Notre Dame minus 17 and a half. Are you taking with on the spread? Oh, geez. Um, I have no idea how good Navy is, but I don't think Notre Dame's that good. They just beat Clemson, bro. Delaware earlier in the year, if I remember correctly. Is that? I just picked them to cover, but I, I mean, I, I, I'd probably take Notre Dame, I guess. Try. Yeah, I mean, like Cole was saying, that Navy offense eats up a lot of clock. So I think this one's tough to pick. If you put a gun to my head, I'm I'm picking Navy plus seventeen, but that's that's a betting line I would stay away from just because you don't you don't really know which Notre Dame team's gonna show up, and uh, Navy it got they got the weird offense, so you just don't know with that game. So out like I said, I would take Navy if I had to, but I would stay away from that spread. Yeah, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Uh, we don't I don't know if Notre Dame's good or not yet. So and with Navy with the triple option, waste the money as Cole said. I'm gonna. I guess I'll go with Navy, but let's move on to a uh, a huge game, CBS game, Alabama at Ole Miss. I think I know what Crumby and Cole are gonna pick, so let's just get it over with. Make your picks. <laughs> no, I mean I, I'm 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 not. I mean, what's the so? Are we thinking against the spread or are we thinking the spread away? minus twelve, minus twelve? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Ole Miss to cover. I truly, oh. truly think the way that Alabama has played on the road this year, the way that they have they have not been able to combat good rushing attacks well whatsoever. And Ole Miss arguably is, I mean, I'm going to say take off my Mississippi State now for a second, probably has the best rushing attack in the conference. Uh, and Jenkins and Zach Evans, that's a, you know, Dan Jack, not to mention Jackson Dart has that threat as well. And, um, I mean, they can, you know, in every single year and other than last year, I think, you know, I, this is the game that Lane Kiffin is going to get his guys up for. So I, I'm not saying, you know, in, in terms of just against the spread, 12 points is a little too much for me. I say Ole Miss covers that. Uh, once again, you know, it's a it's a compound pick, but I'm not going to take them with the points. But I'm going to say, you know, probably Alabama wins the game more than likely, or Alabama wins the game. But, uh, yeah, Ole Miss covers that spread. Cool. Right, yeah. Like Crumby? Oh. That was him. Uh, I mean, I don't like – I don't think Ole Miss will win. I do think they'll cover as much as I hate to say it, just because they had a bye week last week. Kiffin is amazing at scripting. Um, you know, the first drive of the game, they look like they can beat anybody. I mean, it's just like four plays and a touchdown. With them having a bye week, you know, they have – who knows what he's got up his sleeve. Kiffin, you know, as much as I hate to say it, is a great coach. He's doing a lot with the team that I think has a very average to above, a little slightly above average roster. And um, I do not think they will – um, win by any means, but just because they can script the first half so well, I do think they might, you know, keep a little close and Bama can break away later in the game, but I don't think it'll be uh, more than 12. It's a one. Yeah, I, I think I completely agree too. Um, just kind of everything. I Bama hasn't been playing well on the road, and Ole Miss is solid, and 12 points is a lot, so I'd probably take that. Try. Yeah, so I'm I mean, I'm I'm keeping it with the guys. I mean, I think same ordeal. Uh, Bama's winning the game. Ole Miss is covering probably something like 34-27, something like along the lines of that. Damn. Bama wins. But I think uh, Bama's obviously just too talented to lose that game. Cause I, but they, they've been suspect on the road at the same time. But Bama's outside of Georgia, maybe Ohio State is the most talented team still. But I, I think Ole Miss hangs enough points to keep up with them. But Alabama just – 
wears them out at the end and wins the game. But yeah. it's almost covered. Yeah, you guys uh, basically sold my answers. When I saw my 12, I was shocked. I thought it was going to be like – I thought it was going to be Seven like, or eight. Yeah, I yeah, thought it was going to be like eight or nine, but yeah. nine at most. But Here's another um, thing. That, yeah. But that might be where they want us. That might be where Vegas wants us. We took. We talked about this earlier too, but what does what does Bama have to play for at this point? Exactly. Exactly. How safe is saving? I mean, I'm not going to say you know. Yeah, 100. percent And we're sitting here talking. You know, Will Anderson is you know gives a post game interview against Tennessee and says that essentially that they weren't you know weren't prepared to go play that game mm-hmm. on the road in a hostile environment and nowhere near the type of environment is going to be going to be fostered in Oxford. But you know, I I just. You know, what do they have? That's that's a team that is, you know, how motivated are they? And I guess we'll find out tomorrow because they could come out and win by 40 points. They could come out and lose the game. That's That that game's a toss-up. If I'm putting my own money on it, I'm not betting. But at the same time, I do think Ole Miss covers. Yeah, I agree. Like, literally, any, I wouldn't be surprised if whatever happens. If you're making me bet, I'll, I'll trust Ole Miss just given what I've seen this season from Bama and everything. But I agree. It's, it's can you get these guys up for this kind of game? Because it's still a big game and everything. So LSU could easily lose at a and at Arkansas and at a and M easily. I mean, honestly, I mean, both on the road, both rivalry games. So it'll be interesting. So what about this? Another upset alert uh, from B. We were talking about this one, Clemson, uh, Louisville. How's Clemson going to back uh, come back from that Notre Dame when they're minus six and a half? So they'll do it. I mean, I, I, I know, you know, once again, that's a that was a huge letdown, terrible game. But at the end of the day, I think now that they know kind of where their cards fall as 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 far as what they need to do with the quarterback position, that gives them more play calling freedom. It gives them more, you know, it it kind of tells them how they need to to approach the game because they do have a very good backfield. And uh, that's something that's been a consistent all year. And, and that, that front is, you know, they've got a solid front. But I think now that we're three games into this situation, and DJ is a great person, great guy, I bet he in it. So, I mean, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, one that's at home, and I, that will get his guys up for it. I think it's the more team, the more physical team wins. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really see this one being uh, anything super special, but I do think Clemson will win by over six and a half. I believe it is. Yep. Walker. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree with everything. I think uh, they'll they'll be fine. <laughs> I don't think Louisville's that good, are they? I haven't seen them play. One is Florida. Yeah, they're they're covering like you know wildfire at this point, but right. Satterfield has saved his job. That's pretty yeah. much it. Well, Lee Cunningham's a talented athlete, the quarterback of Louisville, but I don't know if he can break down a defense more talented than him, like Clemson. And I think Clemson will get to him and make him make decisions that aren't ideal. So I think Clemson wins by two scores. So I think we'll cover as well. I'm with you. I think Clemson will cover as well. If it was at Louisville, it'd be a little more suspect of it. But mm-hmm. since it's in Clemson and everything, and Dabo's obviously an established coach, he, he can. He can get these guys uh, pumped up for this game. They still got everything in front of them. So um, I'll go with Clemson as well. But let's go with uh, where game day's going. TCU, Texas. TCU getting some sort of respect, the rank four, but Vegas doesn't respect them. Texas minus seven and a half. What's our takes? Is it hook them horns or uh, go horn frogs, Trey? Am I starting it off okay? Yeah, we're switching it up. I think uh, 
It's interesting because TCU's ranked four. They're playing a three-loss team on the road, and they're a touchdown underdog. So I'm taking Texas to win the game. They're more talented. I mean, they go there at home. TCU's kept it close the last four or five weeks. But I think TCU will cover. I think it'll be like a one-score game, but I don't know if it'll be a touchdown or a field goal. So I think it's one of those situations where TCU covers, but they lose the game and drop out of playoff contention. Walker. Let's get horny. I like the Horn Frogs. I like. Uh, I I think their quarterback is pretty good. They have like two really good receivers, or at least one. I think. Yeah, um, Johnson, the guy with the dreads. Yeah, Johnson. That guy's a beast. And also, I don't know. Texas seems to choke in the big games recently. I I don't have any faith in them until you know something changes. They beat Oklahoma, but that doesn't even count this year. So. I'm going Horn Frogs. It might be close. Like, you know, they might not win or whatever. They might like cover, but I think they'll win. Texas covered. Texas covered. Texas winning. Texas by, I hate to admit it, but I don't think TCU's seen anywhere close to the top of, you know, to what Quinn Ewers brings to the table. And, uh, and if they can establish the run game, control the ball with Bijan earlier. Uh, yeah, I I got I, I gotta go with that, especially at home and kind of you know the situation because they got you know they got an opportunity to play in the Sugar Bowl or whatever they're yeah getting. so I, I think I yeah I I I got the got the horns. I hate to keep coughing, I feel like I but I just think this is a really good spot for Texas to kind of you know it's a big night game for them and I know this year has kind of been shaky and they feel like they've lost a lot of close games or whatnot, but uh. I just think this is a really like a kind of a Quinn Ewers like restamping like I'm 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 gonna be that guy next year so I think that's gonna be part of it. Season defining game. Yeah, yeah. So season like that, Yeah, kind of, kind of the we're back on the map kind of thing like we went in the big game. <laughs> I'm with Trey. I mean, I I agree with everything Trey said. Kind of like TCU is gonna keep it close. Kind of like a mixture of like I this just seems like a close game. Like just everything about it just seems like a Texas win, but like a like a four point game or something. So. I'll go with uh, Texas, but TCU covers. But now we're uh, we're into the game of the week over here, where game day should have gone. The dogs versus the dogs. UGA minus 16 and a half. Mississippi State boys, take it home. You guys can start it off. Colin, you start on this one. Okay, so I'll I'll do the less of the – I don't really know on the cover thing. Um, It's hard to say. You know, I think this can kind of go one of two ways. I actually wrote down some stuff that I think State's got to do just to keep it close. Um, If they come out bucketed last week against Auburn, they're going to lose by 40. Um, I think that's pretty fair to say. So, like, offensively, State's got to have tempo. When they start slowing stuff down, it kills them. Um, When they run tempo and run fast, it's their best friend. And they, Mike Leach gets out of it. I'm not really sure why. You know, I know he likes to – it's kind of a take possession time offense somewhat. He won't admit it, but that's what it does. So, we got to have tempo. I think we've got to try to run the ball. You know, um, the games we have looked like really good. We've ran the ball a lot. Um, we had more rushing yards in Arkansas and A&M, like, individually than we have in the last three games. I think that's a big problem. And it's not even like it's not working. Last week we had – I think average around five yards a carry, and it just 
we just quit running the ball because they put six guys in the box and we check out to a pass. You know, we passed 24 straight times in the game last week, and that, that's just not going to work against Georgia. Um, they're going to, you know, you got the good D line. They're going to, you know, aim the wheel and they're going to hurt Will Rogers. Uh, he and he's got to get the ball out quick. I think so. Thing and we can't be scared to throw 50-50, uh, you know, one-on-one balls. We have pretty good outside receivers and Caleb Ducking um, and Ra Ra Thomas, and they can win some jump balls. I think. So, I mean, I think offensively, I don't know. You know, we, we played pretty good at home. Last week was awful. Hopefully we got it out of our system as far as that. And then defensively, um, you know, our defense really in the first half of games, we've looked really good this year. Um, if you look at a lot of our defensive splits, you know, we give up a lot more points at the end of games. You know, I don't know if that's due to being tired or what. Uh, big thing this week, they said Emmanuel Forbes is back. Um, he did not play last week. You know, he might be the lone player on our team that I think talent wise could play for Georgia. Uh, he has a lot of talent, you know, leads the SEC in interceptions. And if he gets it in his hands, watch out, he might take it back. I think you got to have a big play for him. And then Jaden Crumity, our DN was a preseason all SEC player. He came back last week and, you know, first play of the game outside the zone is attacked for a loss. He's a difference maker. I'm glad he's back this week, but to say all that, what's it now? 16 and a half. 16 and a half. Yeah. It's the line movement, right? I mean, I'm going to say just because I'm a homer, I'll say they cover because it'll make a lot more fun tomorrow. But if it if they don't cover, um, it's going to be a lot worse than 16 and a half. It's, it's either going to be they're in the game in the fourth quarter, uh, talent wins, we get tired. And I, I just want to say I just want to say we'll cover just because it'll make my day a whole lot more fun. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, the town's kind of buzzing. You know, it's a sold out game. It's a chance to have the best team in the country come and play. Georgia's by far the best team in the country. Um, I don't know. You know, this this year, honestly, sad as it's been, it's kind of been a letdown um, in some ways. You know, you you're up on a, a good LSU team in the fourth quarter. You can't hang on. Kentucky, you just play asleep. And Bama, it's the most boring, you know, it's the closest 30 to 6 game you'll ever watch in your life. So I don't know. I mean, maybe this is the game the team really like, you know, it's a senior driven team. Defense is super, you know, old guys. I don't know. You know, you just, I don't know. Why not? We'll cover, sure. Have fun. <laughs> Try to talk yourself into it. I guess. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> Everything we've done in the last two weeks, yes, I'm going to go ahead and call a spade a spade. We looked like shit last week. We didn't look great against – I'm not even going to address the Bama game, like you said. That was probably the closest 30-6 to six loss you'll ever see. We outgained them. We out, I mean, had 26-yard rushing. Yeah. But from the bye week on, everything we've done, and I fully believe this, and this could just be total speculation, but I think everything we've done as a team has been geared toward this particular game. I don't think we I, – I, I mean, and no disrespect to Auburn, but especially the way we played from the Tula Griffin kickoff return to about, you know, the fourth quarter of last week, you could tell that the, the air was let out of the tires and that we were not prepared to play that game. And, I mean, that, that – and I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that we have – set our sights on this game as a program, as a team, like we just said, hey, look, you know, here's our opportunity. Here's our niche. Because after that Kentucky game, I mean, we knew what was going to happen going into Mammoth, especially after that loss 
Tennessee and that happened on the same day. We said, we said, you know, we knew what was going to happen going into that game and we competed that day. I mean, that sounds crazy to say, but you know, Woody Marks, he came out there and he, he played a game where he's, you know, he had a broken nose and he was still pushing for two to three extra yards after contact, you know, for, you know, on fourth and one and all the way to the last possession where we scored as time expired you know, we were going for it on fourth down. We were we were rolling the dice and we competed. But, you know, from then on, we go into the bye week. And I truly think we have geared our preparation, our team, to play this game tomorrow. With that said, you know, there are a few, and I'll address them up front. There are a few disparities, especially, you know, at you know, up front at the line of scrimmage. Derek Hall said it last week coming into the game and it came to fruition. The splits that we have, especially as a team that runs air raid, we have some pretty wide splits. And he looked at that and he said, man, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat this week. And and that he did. You know, those five sacks, I think they had five sacks for almost 40 yards total. Um, and that that all pretty much came between the, once again, after that kick return and towards the fourth quarter. But, um, but uh, you know, with that said, our offensive line is still kind of settling back into place. LaQuinston Sharp, a guy who's played a lot of football for Mississippi State, he just came back last week. He did not play a great ball game, but I fully understand, you know, he's not the, you know, he's, knock the rest off the the way I look at this game and, and I'm just going to speak from a positive Mississippi State sunshine pumper perspective right here there is one path to winning this football game it exists in us getting the ball first it exists in us controlling the clock it exists in Dylan Johnson being more healthy than the 60 percent I think he was at last week and anybody that watched that game against Auburn knew Dylan Johnson was not fully healthy the best games that we played this year we've got his full output the best games we played this year we've got a full rushing out the worst games we've had this year we've had less than 30 yards rushing case in point last week case in point Kentucky so on and so forth the biggest thing so that's disparity number one is Jalen Carter and the rest of that Georgia front against our offensive line, especially after what happened last week. Another big disparity is Malachi Starks over the middle. We have really struggled against athletic safeties that can cover the whole field. I mentioned it earlier, but Jay Ward at LSU killed us. I mean, if you look back and see the game he played against us, that was the X factor there. Mm -hmm. They kind of stretched him out, made him a nickel type of corner that day, took out the dump pass. I mean, I don't know if I don't know how Kirby's going to approach this game. I don't know if we're going to, you know, if if we're going to see a different look from them, or or what have you. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're going to stay true. I think they're going to stick to what they're going to stick to what they've done. But at the end of the day, you know, I I I I think there might be some opportunity over the middle there. I think Malachi Starks is going to be active in the backfield. I think he's going to be really focused on our backs. I think Dylan Johnson is going to be more healthy this week. I think Moody Marsh is going to be more healthy this week. And I think there's going to be some opportunities over the middle between the numbers. Another big disparity, the tight ends. I mean, I know I'm taking the words right out of Trey's mouth. I don't know who we're going to have to combat Brock Bowers. I don't know who we – let's even talk beyond Brock Bowers. I don't know who we're going to have to combat Darnell Washington. That man is a unicorn, too, in and of himself. I mean, I, I love our outside backers. I love our safeties. But – at the end of the day, you know, what are we going to see? But I think, honestly, we may combat that with some of our stunts, some of our 3-3-5. Georgia hasn't seen a 3-3-5 this year. I mean, Kirby made a comment this last week. They had to take time out of their bye week before the Florida game just to scheme against a 3-3-5 set that, you know, they haven't seen. That's that's kind of what Zach Arnett thrives on. It creates chaos. He creates these opportunities to get in the backfield. Guys like 
you know, Tyrus Weed, and now we have Jane Comedy back to really to really set that, you know, get de develop those opportunities to uh to to come off the stunt. But um, but beyond all that, beyond numbers, beyond everything else, I'm gonna just the one way that we win this game, the one way that we're able to even cover that 16 is turnovers, ball control. We need to contain the edge because that's something we have not done well in the last few weeks. I mean, you, you saw it last week, case in point, Jarquez Hunter was able to to really take advantage of that. And I, I'm going to go back to what I said about Dejon Edwards earlier. He is 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 very shifty. He's very versatile back. He he picks through chaos really well. And, I mean, if, if he can get to the outside, then, yeah, you'll all be able to control the ball. But kind of building off what Steve said too here is, is, you know, Emmanuel Forbes, I think is a, is a huge X factor here in terms of taking away maybe some of those large chunk plays. But, um, but frankly, you know, I think tomorrow we got to get our crowd into it early, either us. And that comes two ways. You know, you guys at Missouri, Kendall Milton fumbled that ball on the first drive of the game. And I think that was a huge momentum shift. If we can force a turnover early, that's huge. If we can come out and we can control the ball with a, six-minute drive off the rip, that's huge. So I, I think the first eight to ten minutes of that game are going to be a defining factor. And, you know, beyond getting too, too into the weeds, I'm going to say it, I, uh, Mississippi State in the points. Went out right, 41-38 final score, Hail State. Sponsored by Bush Light Bottle. There you go. <laughs> Robbie? Well, I mean, I, just, I don't have a lot of numbers to talk about, but one thing I do have to talk about is – uh, I think it was Tim Tebow said it. How like boringly efficient Georgia is as a team. They're so boring to watch, but they're so damn good. <laughs> um, and I have no doubt in my mind that tomorrow, you know, we're probably gonna lose by more than twenty. What I do, what I'm holding on to is everyone been saying all freaking week that Mississippi State hasn't won the game that they're supposed to lose. And this just might be the game. It might be Ole Miss later, but tomorrow I'm just thinking it might be Georgia. Um, and also, I said Will Rogers is the Heisman, so he's got to live it up to it. Exactly. Get the win if you get against the Heisman. <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow might be that game that determines the Heisman for him. So we'll see. Heisman moment. There you go. All right, boys. Mississippi State in the points. Mississippi State out right. All right, Walker. No, I I, I think Georgia wins and. Wins by more than sixteen. I think. I think it could be, like, like, like you were kind of saying. I think it could be uh, potentially close early. You know, if the crowd stays into it and they can get something moving like really early. We slow start. Georgia is famous for doing that. Sometimes, you know, you look at the Kent State and Missouri games, especially. Like it, it, it can definitely happen. And also, I mean, this was this was kind of what is this our last real road test? We got Kentucky next week. Then we got Tech. Okay. Okay. For some reason, I thought Kentucky was at home, but never mind. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I've had this, I've had this game circled for a little while. I, it's, I think it, it's a tough one. I definitely remember when we were looking at the first half of our schedule. It was a lot weaker than the second half, and I was like, you know, we're playing this game. Well, we had Tennessee, then this game. Uh. That was before Florida, too, before I knew Florida was terrible. But definitely, yeah, I, I was looking at this game thinking that this one scared me a little more than the others. I'll give you that. But, uh, 
Yeah, I, I think Georgia takes care of business. Whether it's pretty or not, we'll have to see because sometimes it isn't. But I think we get the dub. And, you know, everything works out. Try. Okay, I'll uh, I'll start by this. My score prediction is going to be forty-one seventeen. I think Georgia covers, but this that sixteen point five spread. But I think I don't know if like I'm. The only thing I'm worried about from our perspective is our receivers because Emmanuel Forbes is a really good corner. He's a good corner. But I don't think any anyone on Mississippi State's middle of their secondary, like their safeties, linebackers have seen, have gone up against a guy like Brock Bowers, even Darnell Washington. I don't think they've ever covered a dude 6'7", 270, or anyone that big and athletic like Brock. I mean, Georgia will run the ball decently enough. But, like, I just – I think after – like – we played B-plus football against Florida, I would say. But I think outside of the third quarter, we were A-plus football. We played the best team we played all year last week, and we blew them out. So I think we're looking pretty good right now. We're the national championship favorites. We're the defending national champions. All that into consideration. These are the type of, type of games Georgia should have won easily, I think. I mean, Mississippi State's got a decent program. They're not a bad team. It's just the talent disparity is too large for, for me to think they'll keep it close, you know? Yeah, that's what I was about to go in at. I, I think it might be a little suspect at, thir- at first. If you want my score prediction, I'll say 38-20. I'd say I think it could be – could definitely be a little suspect at first. You know, it's kind of a letdown spot right after uh, the big Tennessee fan game or whatever, big Tennessee win. It goes from everybody disrespecting you to now everybody hyping you up, saying you definitely win the national championship now. Could be a letdown spot, you know, a place we haven't been in 12 years and on the road and everything in the SEC. Mississippi State's not a bad team. Smart coach and Mike and Coach Leach and everything. Could be a letdown spot. I think it'll be a little, you know, a little close in the first first half, but I think we're just bigger, faster, stronger, we're deeper, kind of how you were going in. And we'll pull away in the second half. 38-20 is my guess. So yeah. I guess we cover then. So yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah, I you know, I'll say too, another thing we have to consider, regardless of where the game ends up at, is is utilizing our, you know, utilizing our middle linebackers too. Like Jed Johnson, you know, last week we did an incredible job spying Robbie Ashford until the third quarter for whatever reason. And I went away after him and then you know, a guy like Jet Johnson and, and you know, Buki Seven Edge, we, we have to maintain that. We have to contain. Because I think Stetson can also be a sneaky X factor in this game on the ground. Oh, yeah. On the, you on know, the, I don't, I, he's very slippery. He's done this, you know, throughout the entire year. We got several athletes on our front. I mean, we got a very deceptive, you know, pass rush. And, uh, we don't need to sell out in that sense. And so I, I'd like to – I'm interested to see how we play that because it did come to the point last week where, where that just, you know, went away after that. You know, once again, I, I think the turning point in that game was after that two loop kick return and we let them get back into it. So, well, that's one more thing I was going to mention is, um, you know, last week, uh, Tulu, he's one of our receivers. He was our great returner. We moved him to punt return. He never played punt return. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know kickoffs. Georgia's got good enough kickers. They'll probably kick you out of the back of the end zone every time. But now that he's on punt, you know, he is probably one of the most electrifying return men in the country. And I don't just say that to, like, I mean, he just – it's they just – I mean, every time you get the ball, you kind of expect him to return it. And it might not be a touchdown, but 
you know, if he can flip the field a couple times, he's a difference maker. And he's a guy like this in a big game who's got to have some weird plays. You know, I don't know if they might they, – actually, he got a couple balls over the middle. He's the kind of guy who, if you throw in the ball five times, he's probably going to break 50-yard run just because he's just slippery and he's just hard to tackle. So, he's a guy I think State has got to feed him because he is the one guy I just – he's just – you don't – you really can't game plan around him just because you don't – I mean, he's he's not necessarily electrifying. He's just so quick. And, um, I mean, he's not probably – Five ten, one hundred and seventy pounds, but he's he's just really an electric player. Yeah, we gotta. Um, yeah, we gotta out. Yeah, no, I agree. We gotta. If we're gonna win this game, we gotta outthink y'all, and that's just it. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not going explosive plays. That's not how we're gonna win this game. Uh, you know, it's we uh, we can't have any drops. Last week we saw ourselves, you know, go through a few drops in games that we've lost this year, whether it's Bama, whether it's Kentucky. There's been drops, and then play discipline as well i mean we can't you know unfortunately at home the penalties haven't been as much of an issue um but uh, i don't know I'm and, and this x factor right here i think this might play a little bit of part of the game oh. uh-huh. it's a little bit louder than you know uh columbia missouri so that might be something to keep our eyes on. <laughs> fair enough fair enough all right walker you got any uh last remarks nope other than Go dogs! Let's take care of business. Dry. Go dogs! I mean, I've always thought in Mississippi State. Me and Ben grew up as youngins together. I've always liked Mississippi State and followed them. I just think this is the prime of Georgia football in our lifetimes so far. So I just think they can't hang like the whole game. I mean, I respect them. It's just they can't hang this year. So I yeah. go dogs, but both perspectives though. Yeah, yeah I kind of bouncing off what Trey said. It is the prime. I'm greedy. I want back-to-back national championships. Uh, no. get, get into that Bama tier if we can win it this year and everything. So, Hey, but everybody can be satisfied. You guys can still lose this game before the national championships. So. <laughs> Why don't we just come to a compromise? <laughs> no. no unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately I can't do that. <laughs> this is a game, yeah, game that I think Trey and I have been, uh, you know, specifically, like you said, grew up next door to each other. He's never been to Starkville. And, and we're uh, we're looking forward to seeing this in in in, in person, and um, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. You know, I got all the respect in the world for for Georgia as well. Also, older degree from there, but uh, but Hale State, man. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, my I guess my last remarks are, yeah, we're in Starkville right now. Love it so far. About to check it out tonight. Um, should be fun. Should be a good game and everything. Um, if you made it till this point, comment in the comment section. Bush light. Bush sponsored Light. by Bush Light. Sponsored by Crumbie and the Mississippi yes. State Bulls. Yes. Shout out to them. Now we'll make some money. Bush Light, though, to be more um, specific. That'll be, be it for but you know what to do. Subscribe, like, peace.